0: One MDB has sparked embezzlement and money laundering investigations across the world. One at least of the biggest corruption scandals the world has ever seen. What may be the biggest financial scam in history. A number of corrupt One MDB officials treated this public trust as a personal bank account. Follow us as we bring you into the courtroom where the biggest financial scandal in Malaysian history is being heard. By the Malaysian Insight, this is the Najib Razak 1MDB trial, and I'm Patrick Teo. 1MDB's ex-CEO, Sharul Haumi, has been on the witness stand for almost a month now. Over and over again we have heard him testify about how he had wholeheartedly trusted Casey Tang, Joe Low, and most of all, Najib, because he believed that they only had the best of intentions. But as the saying goes, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And Sharol said today that if he could go back in time, he would immediately call it quits. Last week, Sharol told the court that he had thrown caution to the wind because in his mind, Najib and 1MDB were synonymous. And whatever the former PM desired for the state fund, Sharol needed to get it done. We also heard about a joint venture between 1MDB and Petro-Saudi Holdings Cayman Limited. How the state fund was able to put up just 1 billion US dollars into the JV, which was less than the agreed amount because Petro-Saudi had contributed more than it was supposed to. The problem was, Petro-Saudi's contribution was largely made up of assets. Assets that eventually turned out to be nothing more than a farce. And this, it seems, is just the tip of the iceberg. Today, with Sheryl back on the witness stand for the fourth week, Najib's lawyer, Shafi Abdullah, continued his cross-examination, starting with that 1 billion US dollars 1MDB had agreed to pour into the JV. As we heard previously, the money was split two ways when it was moved out of 1MDB. 300 million U.S. dollars went into the JV company, while the remaining 700 million U.S. dollars went to an entity called Good Star Limited, which we now know belongs to fugitive businessman Joe Lowe. Now, this splitting of the funds was not authorized by 1MDB's board of directors. When asked why the board was not informed of this decision, Cheryl gave his usual answer, which was, Yep. You guessed it. He said there wasn't enough time, and Najib had given the green light and wanted it done. The 700 million US dollars was transferred via an RBS Couts account. Charo said that at the time, he did not know that Goodstar belonged to Joe. He was under the impression that it was a Petro-Saudi affiliate, because that was what Petro-Saudi officials had told him, and he believed them. Why didn't you check who owned Goodstar, Shafi questioned. It just didn't come up, Cheryl said. In fact, despite being CEO, Cheryl didn't seem to know much about what was going on with the state fund. Like the time in 2010 when Casey Tang, who was 1MDB's business development executive, signed an agreement for the company to loan Goodstar 700 million US dollars. Cheryl told the court today that it was a fraud, meant to make it look like Goodstar acquired the money legally. However, the witness reiterated, at the time he only did what he was asked to do, and entrusted the rest to Casey and Joe, with the assumption that they had run it by Najib. He said that the truth only came to light for him when the MACC revealed it in 2018. If you could go back in time, would you trust these people? Shafi asked. If I could go back in time, I would have quit my job, Shahrul replied. Remember Edward L. Morse? If that name rings a bell, it's because we talked about him last week. Edward, or Ed, was the independent valuer 1MDB had hired to look into Petro Saudi's assets. Well, Ed did not do a great job, and maybe it wasn't even entirely his fault. You see, it was agreed between him and 1MDB that his job scope would not include verifying ownership of the said assets, nor did it require him to go on site visits. In fact, all he had to do was to, well, take Petro-Saudi at its word. Given the crummy job Ed did, in normal circumstances, a second valuation would be called for, right? Well, these were clearly not normal circumstances. Cheryl testified that he had sought Najib's advice as chairman of 1MDB's Board of Advisors, and the former PM had indicated that there was no need for a second valuation. Therefore, no second independent valuer was engaged. As Shahrukh said this, Najib could be seen watching intently from the accused dock and shaking his head as if in disagreement. The witness said that he felt like he had a fiduciary duty to Najib and by extension to 1MDB. While there was no documents to formalize it, sharol said he felt this way because he was in 1MDB's upper management, and all the upper management were appointed by Najib. Shafi pointed out that by law, Sharol as CEO had a fiduciary duty to the company and not to its shareholders. The lawyer said that by not understanding the basic principles of company law, the witness had messed up his own role as 1MDB's CEO. Perhaps I did not know the law and followed Najib, Sharul admitted. Before wrapping up his cross-examination for the day, Shafi referred to a meeting minute dated October 16, 2009, which named Najib as chairman of 1MDB's Board of Advisors. The witness said the minutes were prepared by Joe. Jolo seems to know what the Prime Minister wants to say, Shafi commented. Yes, interesting, isn't it? Sharul replied. Joe was the mirror image of the Prime Minister, the witness added. And with that, the court was adjourned for the day, and the trial will resume tomorrow morning. This podcast was brought to you by the Malaysian Insight. The team behind the Najib Razak 1MDB podcast are Revati Supramaniam, Yap Pek Kwan, and Yvonne Lim. Timothy Acharyam provided additional reporting, and I'm Patrick Teo.